You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. We continue our Advent series, and we've been looking at the words of Advent over the last few weeks, and uh, it's been a fun word study, I think, for me at least, hopefully for you as well. And we think about today this word joy. And every once in a while when I am preparing for and thinking about the passage for the week, um, it just kind of hits home extra. And um, I don't know what it is that God just kind of like says, hey, I want you to own this truth this week or whatever. And so um, this week I've been thinking about joy and, and all of this. And it's been one of those weeks of where it's, there's been some highs and there's been some lows and thinking about the circumstances of life and how quickly our joy and or happiness can be fleeting when we focus in on the circumstances outside of us. And so this morning, as we think about this idea of joy, I want us to, to dig into what is the difference between joy and what is the difference between happiness. And so this idea of happiness is something that is an outward thing that really depends upon our happenings. So we find happiness in our happenings, the circumstances around us. And so that's why happiness can come and go. It's fleeting because it is totally dependent upon your circumstances. And so you can go to the happiest place on earth, which is apparently Disney World or Disneyland, and um, have a great happy experience until you look at your credit card report, right, later on, and then it's not so happy. You think about relationships and friends and different things, all of those things can disappoint us. And I think what happens is, is that we are in a search for this feeling or we place our trust and our hope and faith in things around us and those things fail, whether it be your finances, whether it be your work, whether it be friends, whatever, those things will fail. And so if we place our hope, faith and trust in those things and our happiness is dependent upon them and when those crash, then we end up in the situations where we're depressed, we're we're searching for something more, and so we're constantly looking for something. And so that's the idea of happiness, is it's depending upon our happenings, and it's outside of us. And so God wants us to be happy. He talks about it all throughout Scripture, that there's this idea of happiness and joy. And sometimes they're tied together, but many times they're not. And so over the next few minutes, I want us to to dig into that idea of what happiness and joy is and how we can find joy even when life arounds us just crashes. That we as followers of Jesus can have find joy in Christ and that because he is the source and foundation of our joy. So joy, as we even see in Genesis chapter 1, and he even follows it up in Psalm chapter 66, is this idea that even when we look at creation and we enjoy creation, we find joy in it. Because we look at the beauty and realize, one, there's a God and he's much bigger than us and he's a creative God. And we can find joy and happiness in that. It even says in Psalm 104.15 that joy is like a good wine. That there's something about the beauty of wine. And the reason that God equates joy to wine is because of what it takes to produce wine, the long-suffering, the patience, the work to abide in. And so that moment of tasting the wine is like the relationship that we have with Christ, that you savor that moment. And also in Jeremiah chapter 33, 11, it says even that we can find joy in the midst of oppression, that we can be in, again, where situations where everyone else would say, hey, how in the world can you handle that? 
But the Hebrews could say that we still have joy in the midst of oppression because we've been brought out of Egypt and we're not fully in the promised land yet, but God has continually shown himself faithful to us. And so that we can be dependent upon, we can have joy because of God's character in the past that we know that he will fulfill the future for us. So we can find joy in that. It even tells us parents that we can find joy in parenting. And we can find joy in parenting our children because we know that, one, they're his children, too. And so he has as much a vested interest in how what, what happens with his children as we do. But that there's this thing about parenting and raising them up to be godly children. And we get to, to let them go and be, be out as an adult. And there's joy in that and seeing your kids follow Jesus and pursue that. Not be perfect, but to follow Jesus. Also, that this is that season. We were actually talking about this at our house um, this past week, perfume. Why is there more perfume commercials during the holidays than any other? And I was, we won't go into the whole details of all that, but it brought us back to the memories, particularly Becky and I, of we haven't been to a mall in a long time. And so, um, and we were thinking about that. And one of the things about the Christmas season in the mall is, you know, if you're past a certain age, that um, in those days when you would walk into a Macy's or a Dillard's or a JCPenney's, most of the time when you would walk in, there was this entrance full of flavors that you could walk into. And there were people there just squirting you down and all that kind of thing. And so scripture tells us that a good friend is like a good perfume. Think about that. That you crave the smell, the incense of that friend because the aroma that they bring to your life is a pleasant aroma. Not like walking into some of those stores and all the aromas coming at you, but that you crave a friend and that is joy as well, a happiness that comes from a meeting with a friend that you long to meet with because the aroma that they bring to your life. Biblical joy is all of those things, but it's even so much more. Biblical joy doesn't deal with the outside circumstances. It deals with the internal circumstances. But it's a character of the fruit of the Spirit. That joy that we receive in that moment that we say yes to Jesus comes into our heart and begins to transform and to change our heart. One of the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks is that when you say yes to Jesus, your cold stone heart is removed and a new flesh heart is given to you. And it's this idea that we now have new life in Christ. And so with that, in Hebrew thinking that there were four parts to the new heart. One is, yes, there's the physical cardia, physical beating heart that gives physical life to us. But also the other part of the heart is the emotional piece where we have feelings of emotion that come from here. But then also we have our motivation, our will comes from here as well. And then also our intellectual heart. That we have knowledge and wisdom. And so when God says to us that to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, Jesus and his audience is not just thinking of the physical heart, but he's thinking about all of those parts. And that with that new heart, we now have a source for joy. That we can have joy amidst the circumstances because we've been given a new heart. And the character that God's bringing out in us is peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, joy, Love, hope, all of the fruits of the Spirit come from this new heart. So that we can have joy that withstands the circumstances of life because those things no longer define us. 
The perfume of our friends is good, but friends come and go. The words of our friends will, will change us and shape us, and sometimes those things are important, and maybe in the past, what things, what people used to say about us used to be important. But now with a new heart, the longer we're in relationship with Christ, those things outside of us don't give us the same worth and value as our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that if Christ is where we find our hope, Christ is where we place our trust, he's also our source of joy. And it's that long suffering with him, the character that he builds within us, that we understand that those things that once used to give us importance, once used to give us value, those things don't mean as much anymore because our true hope and value comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so our hope is in him. And he's never failed us. He's brought us out of Egypt. He's brought us out of our slavery. And he's continually moved us to the place that even in seasons of the desert for us, where we feel like he's far away, he hasn't left. He's still with us and he's moving us through the desert to the promised land. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So for us, we can have hope because our circumstances are constantly changing. And we cannot save ourselves, but he has saved us. So we can have hope in that. He's the source of our joy and our hope. You even see it in Psalms 105, verse 43. The Hebrew people rejoice because they were brought out of Egypt, even though they were still in the desert. Sometimes, how many of you feel like you're in the desert, where you're wandering? You don't really know where you're going. Maybe you're confused. That's kind of that season. But if you've been brought out of Egypt, you can still have joy on the journey. Joy allows us to not focus on the outside. Even in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 11, we see the prophet Isaiah. He's been bemoaning the oppression that the people are under. That in the prophet Isaiah, that whenever he was a prophet, the people were ruled by foreign rulers and were literally oppressing them and taking away everything, all their rights and privileges. And even in the midst of that, all that bemoaning at the end, Isaiah says, but we can still... As the children of God, we can have hope and we can rejoice because we have a great future. And we know that we have a great future because of what God has done for us in the past, even though we're in the wilderness, even though we're in the midst of being oppressed. So what is joy? It's this joy for us amidst the circumstances, amidst the wilderness, amidst seasons of life that we wouldn't necessarily want ourselves to be in or we wouldn't place ourselves in, that we can still have joy because of the fruit of the Spirit, because of the new heart that God has given us. We even see it in the New Testament. The word is kara. And it's, again, this idea that no matter the circumstances, we have joy. And we see it in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, that even when Jesus came, his story was one to bring joy. Don't be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That the story of Jesus is good news that when we say yes to the good news, we have a new heart, therefore joy. Even Jesus himself was filled with joy of the Holy Spirit. That you and I, when we say yes to Jesus, we are given all that we need to sustain us in our faith. You get all of the Holy Spirit. You get all of the love. You get all of the joy. You get all that inside of us. However, our human eyes begin to get focused on the things around us. And when we get focused on the things around us, we lose contact with the source of joy. And so for us to refrain and to reshape our eyes and to kind of retrain them to the source of our joy, which is Jesus, then we kind of tap back into the power source 
and realize that, hey, the spirit has been there. The love has been there. The joy has been there. We have just been distracted by the things of life. Because we've been looking, those things have brought importance and value to us in the past. And so sometimes we still look at them for value and joy. When people mock you, persecute you, lie about you, and say evil things about you because you are my followers, Jesus says, be joyful about it. Be very glad. Why? Because people notice that you're starting to look and act and think and love like Jesus. And so when you're countercultural, people are going to begin to notice and they're going to mock you and make fun of you because they don't understand you. And so Jesus says, listen, as you begin to, to look and act and think a little bit more like me and people begin to mock you, count it all joy because you're experiencing the fullness and the life that I've come to bring to you. Don't listen to those things that once gave you brought important value to. Begin to continue to listen to me so that people will notice the perfume you bring. Is a good perfume. The incense that you bring is heavenly incense. You will be mocked as you grow in your faith and continue to pursue Jesus. Even the early Christians, what were they known for? They were known for their joy. But there was something different about them. And listen, if anybody had a reason to not be joyful, it was the early Christians. Their friends were being put on poles and lit to light up gardens so that other people can go. I mean, they were being giving over their life. And they were still known for joy. For us. Paul was in prison. Paul in prison, what did he say over and over and over again? I count it all joy to surrender my rights and privileges so that the good news of Jesus can bring joy to other people's life. Life happens. I think as we grow older, we realize more and more and more that life happens and we control almost none of it. But we can still have joy because the one thing that cannot be taken from us is Jesus. They can take your clothes. They can take your money. They can take your job. They can take your house. They can take everything. But if you have Jesus, and I know this sounds Sunday schooly. But I'm telling you, it's hard for us to grasp in a nation that we live in where we don't struggle for a lot of things and we don't really struggle maybe even with persecution. It's coming, I'm telling you. Look around the world and everywhere else where the church is being persecuted, the church is growing rapidly. Because they counted the cost and they know that they are in prison and everything has been taken away and they still have joy. And so people's hearts and minds are being transformed because life sucks. And they're not going to get Christmas presents. And they count it all joy. And I challenge you just to read the news. Of what's happening. 13 and 14 year olds are giving their life for Christ. They're being cut in half by swords. Because they won't renounce the name of Jesus. And around the world. Especially Muslim countries. That Jesus is showing up in dreams. Visibly before them. And whole communities are being transformed. By the good news of Jesus. And people are counting it all joy and they cannot stop it. And all we see on the news is Afghanistan and all that stuff. There is a movement of God in Afghanistan. 
And people are counting it all joy for this. And I know for us, we're in the busyness of buying presents and doing those things. And it's good. We should count it all joy. But we're reminded of the fact that those things are not the sources of our joy. They're not the sources of our faith. It's, yes, we're blessed, but that's not truly the full blessing and the full measure of the blessing that God has for us. So in the midst of all of this, if you don't get what you're wanting for Christmas, count it all joy. Because you've got the greatest gift. Life happens. But as Christians, Paul tells us we can always be Rejoicing In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, he, he describes that type of a setting where life is chaotic, but you can always, as followers, be always rejoicing. I think even about the story of the Christmas story, and I think of Mary. You know, she was probably pretty anxious. Here's a 12, 13, 14-year-old girl that all of a sudden she finds out she's going to be pregnant. She's going to be overshadowed and become pregnant. And how do you... Go home and tell your mom. Small town, probably some gossip. Some anxiety. Those things that can steal your joy, that can steal your happiness. She's just been betrothed. Her and Joseph have just signed a contract. And over the next year, she's preparing herself for her wedding day. And she's doing all the things that a bride does. She's got the place. She's got the gown. She's got her bridesmaid. She sent out all the announcements. She's doing all those different things. And then all of a sudden, God says... Hey, <laughs> little change. And imagine the anxiety of all of that. Are you anxious? Anxiety and all the things and worry can try to steal your joy. And so the question I want to ask you about that is what are the things that you're looking at that you've placed your hope and faith and trust in that maybe are causing the anxiety. And to pull back and to say, are my eyes focused on Jesus? Are my eyes focused on the things that truly bring life and joy to me? Am I focused on all these other things? And when those things aren't going your way, anxiety comes. Or maybe you're more like Joseph and you've lost your dream. Imagine Joseph, he's excited. He's getting married and He's planning, he's done all of his stuff, he's back, he's building the house, and he's preparing the room, and his father will tell him when the room is prepared and, and when it's ready, and so he's doing all his due diligence to make sure that he's ready for the, for the wedding day, and that he knows that even if he's not fully prepared for the wedding day, his father will not release him. And when people say to him, hey, Joseph, when is your wedding day? His response is, only my father knows, because... A groom is excited about his wedding day, and so he might cut corners. And so all of a sudden, Mary says, hey, Joseph, i got some news to tell you. Our plans are going to be a little different. And inside, it says, the scripture tells us, he thought about how he could quietly divorce her because they were betrothed. So it was like a wedding. They had already made vows. So the only way to break that was divorce her. And he said, I thought about the ways that I could quietly divorce her because of my loss of my dream. And the angel shows up and says, don't be afraid. God's in control. 
you will be the stepfather to the Son of God. Joseph says, okay, not my dream, but we'll go with it. It says he was overjoyed at the opportunity to be obedient to the Lord. Mary, her story, it says she was overjoyed at the opportunity to be obedient to the Lord. Even in her anxiety, she counted it all joy. Even in Joseph and his loss of his dream, he counted it all joy. Maybe you're at a place where you're like Mary, but maybe yours is more like Joseph. Or maybe you're like the shepherds and the wise men and that you're just confused and afraid. We see the story of the shepherds and the wise men. The angel showed up and told them the story. And it literally says, do not be fearful. As you can imagine, you're out taking care of sheep. And you're counting your sheep one by one and knowing their name. And you're thinking about all this. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up and starts singing. The confusion and the fear. For them, for us. What's confusing and causing fear in your life that's stealing your joy? What do you focus on? You can gather your eyesight and gather your heart set and look toward Jesus. And say, the things of the world that have given me importance, that have given me value, that have, for whatever reason, have given me a sense of self-worth, all of those things go away. What do I have? As a follower of Jesus, you can say, I've got Jesus. That's why when life goes to heck in a handbasket, and some of the things of life that you've counted on, that you've lost a dream, you have anxiety about, or you're confused about, you can strip those things away and say, I've got, I've got nothing else. At least as a follower of Jesus, I've got him. And he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that if you're in a desert or wilderness, he hasn't left. His character is still the same. And he's walking you hand in hand through the wilderness so that you can have hope and faith and trust and even love in the midst of the most difficult seasons of life because you know that he's bringing you from Egypt to the promised land. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and following. And verse 16 says this, Rejoice always. Again, it's that word kara, which means no matter life circumstances, you can have joy. Again, life can go crazy, but we can still have joy. And I think the next verse, which won't be up on the screen... But it's this, is the reason why. It says, rejoice always. And the very next verse says this, pray continually. You know what prayer is? Prayer is talking to God and saying, God, my life stinks. God, I'm struggling with this. Whatever it may be, it's a constant conversation with God. And then when we're in that season, in that midst of constant conversation with God, we recognize that he's God and we're not. We recognize that he's in control and we're not. We recognize that he's got it and we don't. So therefore, we can rejoice because we're talking to the one who does have it. Rejoice always, pray continually, 
For this is in all circumstances, this is the next part of that, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. Followers of Jesus, in this season, may you find joy always. As your heart seeks to pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. There's some circumstances of life that are not fun. But we can give thanks in them because of who's with us in them. And that is Jesus. Because this is God's will for your life. He's shaping your heart so you can think more like him. So you can be motivated more like him. So you can have his eyes and his appetite. All of the things of our life. He's not surprised by them. He wants us to lean into him and count them all joy. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, there are seasons of life where it's easy to not have joy. Father, even in my own life, there have been seasons where I have confused my happiness with my joy. Father, I pray this morning for all of us that as we leave this place in Christ, we have joy. We have peace, we have hope, and we have love. And in all of those things, they surpass our human understanding because, you, because we are not the source of them, you are. So Father, I pray this morning as we leave this place in a few minutes that we are reminded of and we cling to our joy in you. Father, no matter our financial situation, no matter our relationship situation, no matter all the things that a Christmas season can draw our attention to and lose our focus on, may we be drawn to a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger, the King of kings and Lord of lords. May we bow ourselves before him and worship and be overjoyed by the gift of Jesus Christ. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Cross Point Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Cross Point Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.